I don't know. I mean, is there, is there like any more joyful reading than the wedding at Cana? It's so awesome. If you, if you have not watched The Chosen yet, like, it is so wonderful. Uh, it's free. After, you can watch the first five episodes on YouTube, but then after that you have to like download their goofy app and watch it, you know, but you can do it and it's free. It really is free and it's awesome. And I've never seen anything like it, but um, yeah, Jesus at this wedding is just, Jesus got a wedding invitation. Isn't that crazy? I love it. But they, they don't even know. They're not like, well, he's the son of God. We have to invite him. No one knows this yet. Like, they don't know. John has proclaimed him to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, but that's not why he gets invited to the wedding. Yeah, well, it, it looks like Mary has, maybe has something to do with planning the wedding. Um, He's also a local rabbi. I mean, he, he's called his disciples by this point. Yeah, and, and they don't even really know no. like what they've been called he's just a to follow. I mean, it's so exciting to me. And that's the thing. Like, you know, I mean, seriously, we'll just watch the show. It's like it's exciting. You will want to binge it. And I don't. I don't even like Jesus movies really. Whenever there's a new like Bible movie in the theater, someone's like, "Oh, I mean, I do not want to go see that." Sometimes I do because I like feel bad about it or something. But I just which one. I liked the Noah movie. I thought that was awesome. I thought it was like creative because they weren't catering to Christians, you know? They were just like, here's a crazy story. Let's tell it and like amp it up. And it was, I thought it was great. It was awesome. It was, I don't know. I just don't like the Jesus movies. And, but no, it was movies that are catering to Christians normally are not good, you know? I mean, who needs another Kirk Cameron movie? They're not good. Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo. I well, they've probably been in movies together, right? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like the equivalent of like Lifetime movies, but for Christians. And it's I don't. I'm just not into it. I'd rather. I would rather spend the rest of my life watching Lord of the Rings extended versions on repeat. You know, I mean, I want to do that anyways. So, um, yeah, this week the kids were like, can we watch Lord of the Rings? I was like, yeah. Have you read the books? Too long. I mean, I want to, I know. I I wonder that. Will the the children love it as much as I do because they haven't read the books yet? Because we're still, we're still reading through Narnia stuff. You can't like be switching gears and. You know, and then all of a sudden the kids think that there's orcs in Narnia, and you're like, well. Reading out loud takes so long. It does. You're like, can't these kids just read to themselves? Is it? Well, Bible movies, I'm lumping them all together, but it is good? I'll check it out. Is it? The music is, is fun. Okay. I mean, you... It could be, it could be worse. 
you're also allowed to like bad movies that I think are bad, too. Like, you can do that. This is just taste, you know. Um, but, yeah, so, Holy Matrimony. Um, but yeah, the, it, it's just it's great. You know, this is the thing. is that At the very beginning of the world, like, and isn't it wonderful, too? How do we know about all this stuff that happened before man was created? Because God told him. <laughs> it's so cool. It's the only way we know about it. Because the Lord taught Adam about all this stuff. And then what is Adam's job? Well, to teach his wife and to teach his children. Uh, and so you, you can think that Adam takes his sons, he takes Cain and Abel, and they like, you know, peer over the hedge at the angel with the flaming sword. And he says, well, let me tell you, kids, what happened in there. And why we can't go in there anymore. And this is how these things get passed down. So it's not like, it's not like God is just sitting there writing the story down and then, then he hands it off to Adam. They're actually telling the stories. And so, um, and, and that's, you know, we think that we have a culture that depends on the written word and everything. But I don't think that's entirely true. Because how do I know things about my grandparents because they told me, you know, because my parents told me these stories and they've been passed down through generations and it's, it's cool. Um, you're not that different than Adam and Eve and, and Abraham and all of these people. You're not that different than them. It's, it's easy for us to think that it's a different world. You know, Bible times. It, Bible times, I mean... What do you mean Bible times? It's thousands of years. Um, <laughs> so, and like I was saying, you know, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this, like, painting of Jesus playing soccer with the kids. I was like, why is he still wearing a robe and sandals? And all the kids have shin guards and cleats on. This is not safe. But, like, is it, I mean, I think that if Jesus was around right now, he probably would wear, like, normal clothes. I, yeah. Do you think he'd play football? No, they didn't have it back then, you know? Oh, would he? Not? Sure, yeah, he would. He likes to play games with people. He's actually, like... I think Jesus is actually kind of funny. And if you read his stories and don't think that he's angry with you, you can see it. He tells all these funny little stories all over the place. And, and he does funny things. And, but anyways, yeah, so it, it's, it's... Whenever we go to a, a wedding, it's like you're back there in Cana and you're there at the wedding at Cana and Jesus is there and he's just like all right yeah this is awesome so why does you know the text doesn't tell us why on earth he has this miracle John calls them signs not miracles um but why on earth does Jesus change water to wine and 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 don't you love it too like when he when they tell you the unit of measurement for the the big jars that are there for the Jewish rites of purification um I mean, it's something like hundreds of gallons of wine that he's making. I mean, one jar would have been just fine, I'm sure. Uh, hundreds of gallons of wine. I don't know what a normal like wedding reception serves for like how much wine they serve. Probably not hundreds of gallons. Maybe.
Yeah, he's like, well, um, we're kind of done with that stuff now. Uh, yeah, let's. You guys are freaking out about the Jewish rites of purification. We could have filled those jars with wine. You know, why not? And the wonderful thing about that miracle is it's so unnecessary. Like, if what what's the worst that can happen if they actually do run out of the wine and there's no more booze? Yeah, they, they just sober up and go home. That's it. It's like all the other miracles. It's like, yeah, this person has been bleeding for years. And yeah, Lazarus died. If he doesn't heal him. Yeah, you're right. Uh, these people have followed us out into the desert. There's no food. They're, we are going to have problems, you know. Um, we're going to have to call in the National Guard to, to quell the riots, you know. But, uh, yeah, but, but Jesus, his very first sign, the first time he chooses to reveal himself, is there at a wedding. You know, like, well, there must be something to that. Why was it at a wedding? And it's like he's not even sure right away if he should do it. He's like, eh, it's not my time yet. Because he knows once people start finding out about this, like, the clock is ticking, and they're already building a cross once they find out who he is. You know? the yeah. They're like, once he reveals who he is, it's, the deal is sealed. You know? He's headed to the cross, and that's it. And that's all. There, that's, that's all you know? And he knows that. He knows once they find out <laughs> that I am the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, I'm going to be nailed to a cross. So, just once. No. It's it's interesting though when he does come back, he doesn't assemble. Like I was saying, he. It's not like he told them like, uh, now just so you know, uh, he didn't advertise. He didn't like boost his post on Facebook. He wasn't like, uh, resurrection happening uh, this hour. Come see a wonderful thing. Um, he doesn't. He just does it. He doesn't even care who knows. And th- and then it, then who does he appear to? Eh, Mary Magdalene. He doesn't even like. He's clearly capable of gathering crowds of thousands of people. And he appears to the eleven. It's or to ten. Then it's not all. It's not even all the disciples at first. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. Uh, Huh. Just here and there, just enough. Because if well, Judas is a very complicated character, isn't he? Judas is so complicated, you know. He obviously regrets what he did, right? He throws the money back in the temple, and he's like, "This is blood money. I don't want it." And then he goes and hangs himself. Oh yeah. Did he regret it? Yes, he did. The problem... It is. You don't go to hell for the sin that you commit. Um, you go to hell refusing forgiveness. So, as C.S. Lewis said, hell is locked. Uh, the door to hell is locked from the inside. 
So, yeah. What should he have done? What should Judas have done? Oh, forgive me. Yeah. He's not the only one who did anything against Jesus. Peter. They all left him, except John. Yeah. Paul spends, Paul makes a name for himself, earns good money, killing Christians. Yeah. I mean, real, there really is like nothing you can do that is too bad. Yeah. So, yeah, but, you know, Paul? Yes, Paul, before he was the Apostle Paul, uh, before he is converted by the Lord Jesus Christ, he kills Christians. And that's what he's doing when Jesus actually appears to him and says, hey, why are you persecuting me? Knock it off. And then, uh, yeah, then he's baptized. And... Why? I don't know. I mean, I don't really understand why any of them do it. Yeah, because they can't stand him. You know? That's the thing. Uh, right, tomorrow, Martin Luther King Jr. Why'd they kill him? Like, what is he preaching? Peace, forgiveness, reconciliation, brotherhood of all men. They're like, and by the way, Martin Luther King Jr. would not have done what he'd done if he was not actually a, a faithful Christian pastor. You know? I mean, Christians are solely responsible for the, the civil rights movement. We're responsible for most of the good things in the world. Yeah. So I have a question about the, the first, the curse from the first sin that we have. Yeah. Is that, is the curse be, us becoming sinners? And then us killing each other, murdering each other, is that part of the curse? We so, are right? sinners. Yeah. And is that part of the curse? The curse that we would be sinners? No. The curse is that because of what we have done, uh, Life will be difficult. So, like, God's not cursing us through other people by, like, killing us? People should stop killing each other. It's pretty easy to me. Um, anyways, yeah, so, but we do see this wonderful picture of Christ and the church in, in, in marriage, and you wonder, how can this be? So... Well, the only problem with marriage is that, like, I mean, what's the problem with marriage? Husbands don't love their wives, wives don't respect the husbands, and bam, it doesn't work out, okay? So, but I mean, the interesting thing, though, is that, like, even people that have multiple bad marriages, what do they do? again they're not like well, i'm done with that you know they get married again I mean, it's amazing uh i there was one uncle who like had several marriages and and then like and everyone was like man what is he doing but then he like you know now he's been married for something like 30 years you know like it is a good gift even if we mess it up you know it's just great no one's problem was with the marriage the problem was with like you know 
whatever bum that guy decided to be. So the solution is not to get rid of the gift, but to maybe try a little harder. I don't know. Love your wife. Wife, respect the husband. Things will work out fine. You know? Um, all right, let's look at these notes. Some of them are kind of funny. And this is why I like printed off this whole thing for you. Because again, normally I'm the only person who gets to see this stuff. And uh, that's why I'm so like happy to share it with all of you. Because it's, again, some of them are funny. Uh, the rite of holy matrimony may be used at the beginning of the divine service or daily office. It may also stand by itself as an independent order of service. Uh, daily office is uh, like matins or evening prayer. So the prayer services that we have that don't have the Lord's Supper, you're supposed to do them every day. Some of you do do evening prayer every day. We do kind of a smaller version of it, but um, Janet comes to our house and, and uh, plays organ. Um, just kidding. I'm just kidding. She doesn't actually, but we do have an organ at the house. So if you ever need, you can. Um, or you can order the CD from CPA to yes. listen to it and sing along with it. You can sing along with the uh, uh, Fort Wayne Seminary Choir very slowly. They're too slow for me. But I like to rush through our prayers, you know. Get it done. Get it done. But it's cool. So, the, I mean, I have this, like, fantasy that someday we would have, like, People get married just before church on Sunday morning. And that's what you do. Did anyone do that? No. I've met people who've done it. Yeah, I've seen it several times. I did it. No. Yours was on a Saturday. Yeah. So, but on Sunday morning, just imagine if you come to church one Sunday and like the very first thing you're expecting to confess your sins and instead you see this couple get married. Would anyone, I mean, would you be like, <laughs> I don't know, what would you think about that? I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. There's problems with it, right? Because you have to have every single person in your family from all over the world come to your wedding, you know, but um, yeah. My wedding was at the beginning of divine service. We did it on a Saturday with all my family there. But... Um, if the rite is used at the beginning of the divine service, it comes before the introit, psalm, or entrance hymn. If it is used at the beginning of the daily office, it precedes the opening versicles or psalmody. So it's the very first thing. All right, then. Because of the solemn character of Holy Week, it is inappropriate to schedule a marriage during that time. Can't get married during Holy Week, okay? Hey, good Friday. Isn't it awesome? I guess you can do it on Easter. Yeah. Holy Week. So Palm Sunday to Easter uh, Saturday. No weddings. Huh? No, no, no. Just seven days. We're just blocking out seven days. You can't do it then. I mean... Yeah. If, if it was like the only time you could do it or whatever... I, fine but yeah let me yeah when used within the divine service holy communion is offered to all eligible communicants and is not to be limited to the bride and bridegroom or the wedding party has anyone ever seen that i won't ask if anyone's done that but yeah i've seen it at the catholic church too 
Yeah, and it was weird. It was like, so the bride and the groom, and then like their massive wedding party gets communion, but then all the rest of the people don't. I mean, all those people aren't Catholic. Like, what in the world? So. Oh, no, they. They don't actually do that. Like, yeah, oh yeah. But the priest is doing what he's supposed to do. Ew, dude, that's the catch, right? It differs from Yep, it differs. Yeah, we like to think that the Roman Catholic Church, like, they're all doing the same thing everywhere. They're not, you know. Yes. And he probably pisses the people, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I have seen it where, like, just the bride and the groom receive communion together. And that's not what communion is, okay? So it does not bother me. Um, it does not bother me that I don't kneel and receive the Lord's Supper with my family. One bit. Like, that's not what it is. This is actually, like, the family meal of the whole church, okay? This is something that is bigger than me and my wife and my kids. So, and I understand the sentiment that people want to receive this together at their wedding. But that's not what it is, okay? So, uh, here we go. As in all worship in the house of God, the rite of holy matrimony invokes the presence and blessing of God. Therefore... It should avoid triteness and empty sentimentality. <laughs> I mean, that's like a good rubric for anything we do here, right? So anything in the church, we should avoid triteness and empty sentimentality, right? Triteness. Oh, man. Trite, yeah, unimportant. Empty sentimentality. And that is the great enemy of the American church, too. Sentimentality, you know. It's all, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, we don't want to do silly things in, in, in church. Like, why? Why would you do silly things here? We can do fun things. We can do important things. But don't do silly, empty things. You know. That's always like, is my. My three rules for Christian worship is uh, don't make anything up, don't waste people's time, and don't make people feel weird. Like, don't make people feel awkward. It's like, eh. yeah, whenever you've been to a church, have you been to a church where, like, the pastor, you're just, like, not sure he's going to make it because he's just, like, oh. he's just, like, deer in the headlights, and you're, like, there's nothing worse than, like, wondering is that guy going to get through this reading? Is he going to make it through the prayers? Like, the, the, so the, I'm just saying, like, the pastor needs to be prepared, okay? Uh, I mean, have you ever seen this? I have. Oh. That's because you go to this church. But, um, I, yeah, I mean, I guess I remember, like, at the seminary, you know, sometimes, like, you know, if the uh, student... Assistant is just paralyzed. It was like, uh, 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 oh, 
it's just, yeah, you just got to practice, you know. But, um, yeah, but I don't want to waste people's time. And there's so many. I really don't want to waste your time because your time is actually valuable. And mine's not, but yours is. Um, and so it just, people in the church think that we have the license to waste people's time because we're the church, of course. You know, It's like, oh, no, just don't waste people's time. And then if you don't make things up, then, like, you know, you're not going to do those other two things, too. And so people always will refute my three rules for Christian worship, but I stand by them. Um, I gave a talk once at a pastor's conference about that, and someone afterwards was like, no, well, we have to make things up. And I was like, well, no, we don't. That's the whole thing. Like, we don't, you don't want me to be making things up, Okay. Um, and that's the whole thing in our liturgy is like none of it's made up. None of it's made up. Like we received it from the church. We received it from the Lord himself. Like really, it's kind of crazy. So the your little margin notes in the, in the hymnal, they're telling you where this stuff came from. It's not man-made. It's cool. Huh? The Lord knows everything. It really does. And again, I mean, seriously, like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to brag about my gross incompetency in navigating life, but, like, I really have not planned anything. And, like, the Lord really has taken care of me in quite extraordinary ways. It's kind of alarming. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I should have been dead in the gutter, like, 20 years ago. So, but I'm not. No, no. That's actually called panentheism. It means that God is like a part of everything. Uh, but no, everything you see is not God. God has control over everything. God controls everything. Everything you see is part of the creation, right? God's the creator. This is the creation. You can see his fingerprints all over everything. But, yeah. Six. Six. Music should, music selected for the right should embody high standards of quality and be within the ability of the performers. Like, what do you think that's talking about? Oh, my God. You don't want to know. They wouldn't write it if it didn't happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you don't want to have Cousin Becky singing... Um, yeah, the, that Ave Maria... Uh, it's like one inappropriate and the two like out of her range and uh, again like you don't want to feel weird in church I think that falls under that rubric too but yeah the music should reflect the praise of God and his steadfast love in Christ as the foundation and model for marriage yeah, most, people, most people miss the boat on that one what um, yeah I mean you, get, you probably go to more weddings than I do but what are some good like selections you've heard uh Yeah, yeah. What kind of wedding uh, <laughs> performance? <laughs> and was, how did it turn out? Good, good. Yeah. 
my parents had someone someone named Crazy Eddie saying that at my parents' wedding. Yeah, the Malat Lord's Prayer. And it was beautiful. And it was the last time they saw Crazy Eddie. <laughs> I was like, no one knows I mean, what happened you know, to him. That's another example, though, of a piece that's got a very wide range. It's got almost two octave range. And you have to be really careful who you have to sing that. Yes, right. Not everyone can just do that. Or but as I've talked about before, that is the one that that Lord's Prayer, Todd and I sang together in our congregation in Missouri. And at the end of it, everyone holds hands. Well, everyone holds hands the whole time, but you raise your hands at the end for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And it was like, it's kind of the like, coolest thing. I would never like institute that, but, and I can't even imagine a church today, everyone holding hands, you know, but... It's not Lutheran at all. But it was like this regional peculiarity that I thought was just kind of, I loved it. And I never knew when it was going to be, and so it was always a surprise to me. I was like, oh, they're doing this again. Um, I hope they still do that. Um, So yeah, this is, we want to take this stuff seriously, you know, because marriage is a serious thing. And again, it's a fun thing. We can do fun things. Uh, we can do interesting things, but like emptiness, unpreparedness, like there's no excuse for that. Um, you know, I mean, it's like, apparently is an inauguration this week, you know. How long do you think they've been like preparing for that? I mean, Joe Biden's been preparing for this since 1978, you know. He's known exactly what he's going to say for like decades now, right? And uh, it just, there's so much, there's so much preparation that goes into like every other thing in our life. But for some reason, people think they're like, oh, you just come to church and then we can just like goof around. Okay, no. Um, Yeah. All right, well, let's see. Uh, Procession. This is cool, right? Torches. torches. The cross and torches may lead the procession. You're like, torches, torches. We don't have torches. I know. Let's get some torches, people. I love that they're called torches and not candles. It's like... Um, yeah, I think tiki torches are slightly like... Uh, someone might get triggered if we use tiki torches, you know? Yeah. I wonder what the, uh, I wonder, like, what that Charlottesville rally with the Tiki Torches did for, like, global sales of Tiki Torches. <laughs> if they, like, plummeted, you know? Oh, my. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, the wedding attendants follow the cross and torches, then followed by the bridegroom and the bride. So the, everyone's following the cross. The bridegroom and bride may be escorted by their parents, the pastor concludes the procession. Now, interesting, what don't you see here? You don't see here comes the bride. Now, why don't we sing here comes the bride? In, or why don't we do here comes the bride in church? It's just music. Well, if you knew actually where it fell in the, where it fell in the offering, you wouldn't use it anyway. Well, here's why we don't use it, because everyone knows the words, right? Here comes the bride. All fat and wide. That's why we don't use it. You know? Everyone knows those words. Everyone's like, eh. 
there are many other reasons not to use it, but uh, so but you don't you don't have the here comes the bride. It's interesting. They come in together. The bridegroom and bride may be escorted by their parents. Yeah, during this this hymn. It's great. A hymn may be sung during the procession of the wedding party. Other music may be based on hymn tunes used within the marriage service. How did he get there? Yeah. I like the groom always just magically appears from the sacristy. You know that's the whole point of a procession too. It's just like the pastor's not magically appearing. He came in just like everyone else. You know. Whoa. Oh, did you not do this right the first time? Oh. <laughs> well, I did. We did. We, at our wedding, which was the perfect wedding, uh, we, got, we started outside the whole, all our family outside on the, uh, the plaza in front of the chapel. And then uh, we had the whole first part of the wedding out there, and then everyone walked in uh, to Henry Gerke playing as loud as he could with the Zimbelstern. And it was glorious. So, well, we can work on it. Do you have any significant anniversaries coming up? Oh, well. Baker's dozen. Uh, Yeah. And and again, I talked about this in the sermon too, but I remember like when we went, we stayed at a hotel. We stayed like some hotel uh, at Union Station in St. Louis after our wedding. It was super cool. And I remember like being so stinking excited to tell the people, I was like, we just got married. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Congratulations, that's what he said. I don't even think they said, like, congratulations. I think they're like, well, here's your key. (laughs) People in St. Louis, yeah, not not excited about my wedding, but it still is is remarkable to me, you know. You're like, this is pretty crazy, right? Any, Any marriage is pretty crazy. And, you know, when we got married, everyone thought we were, like, too young or whatever and thought this was going to ruin our life and everything. And, and you know, it, it, everyone thinks Damien's too young to get married. And it's like, well, I made it. Like, what, what would my life have looked like if I would have stayed single? Di- complete, utter disaster. Guaranteed, you know? Or just this idea that marriage is going to ruin your life is so bizarre. Uh, it's it's completely satanic and perverted, you know. It's so weird. I don't get it. I don't. <laughs> perverted. Huh? Perverted. Perverted. Yeah. Perverted. Oh, it is a perversion of the truth of the gift that marriage is. You know. It's it's, it's crazy. I mean, can you can you imagine? Adam is there in the garden, and, and then uh, he wakes up in the morning, he sees Eve. He's like, whoa, well, I, I have got a lot of work to do here, and I'm not sure that you're my soulmate and that we're going to work out together. No, no. And, yeah, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, 
Uh, number three, wedding party may sit in the front pews or pre- be provided with special seating. I could do that. We have enough room, you know. Uh, the proper for holy matrimony may be used in one of several ways. Uh, good question. So there's two parts of every service, okay? What is a proper? So every single liturgy has what's called the ordinary and then every single liturgy has something called the propers. So the ordinaries are the things that say the same, the things that we do every week. So every week we do some things the same, right? We sing the Gloria and Excelsis every week. We sing the Kyrie every week. We sing Lord have mercy every week. We, we sing the Agnus Dei, Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world every week. We say the creed every week. These things are called ordinaries, right? They don't change. So propers are the things that change. So all the hymns and all the readings and the prayers, those change every week. So propers, yeah. Ordinaries and propers. So we do some things that are the exact same thing every single week. But then there are also this other set of things called the, uh, the propers. So when you listen to a mass, a Bach mass or something, that is just the ordinary of the mass. So... And we do it today. And uh, yeah, if, if you go home and listen to Bach masses or something. Um, yeah, so propers. There's propers. Propers. Hymns and the readings, basically. Uh, if the rite of holy matrimony occurs in conjunction with the regularly scheduled service of the congregation, the scripture readings for marriage are read within the marriage rite at the appointed place. The propers for the divine service or daily office that follows the rite are those of the Sunday or festival. That's cool. You just kind of keep going. Yeah. If the rite occurs in an especially scheduled divine service or daily office, uh, the readings within the rite are omitted. The propers for the divine service or daily office that follows the rite are those appointed page 80. I didn't copy that for you. Uh, If the rite stands by itself, the scripture readings for marriage are read within the rite at the appointed place. So... And that's normally what happens. So that's normally what happens. The only problem with that is that it's like kind of short. And I always feel like, I feel like with things in the church, I want to like give you your money's worth and make sure that it's like not too short. I don't know if you ever feel like you got cheated when there's like a four minute sermon. But, you know, just so you know, I do. Or, or, or like uh, a, a service that's like 50 minutes long. Because sometimes there are that don't quite make an hour. I figure you, you signed up for an hour when you showed up. And I'll try and give it to you. But, uh, hymns appropriate for the rite of holy matrimony are listed on page 82. So... In the marriage vows, each person's first name is to be used. Why is that? Why do we use your first name? That's the name by which the Lord knows you. That's your baptismal name. So again, why do we pray for Donald, our president? And why don't we pray for President Trump? Well, we pray for him by his baptized name. We're acknowledging in our prayers, oh, oh, the Lord knows him as Donald. Uh, the Lord knows our governor is Michael. I did ask a, a 
I lodged a, a query with the mayor's office in regards to whether she's baptized or not to know how to pray for her, and they never responded. I don't know if they thought it was like a criticism or something, but I was like, well, I like to pray for our leaders every week by name. Are you baptized? And I don't know. They didn't get a, didn't get a response. Um, if anyone knows, I assume that she's like raised Presbyterian or something. The mayor. Because there's like a certain demographic that I kind of assume was raised Presbyterian. And it's like middle-aged white ladies. Oh, wow. Could be. Well, then that's all you got to say. Like, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, where legally required, the marriage license and marriage register are signed to witnesses witness after the service. So, yeah, you don't do it during the service, but <sighs> that's the yeah. Damien had to track down a a uh, another witness after his wedding because I am really really bad at doing the paperwork side of this job, and I like repent of that publicly. So sometimes people get out without without uh, getting their baptismal certificates, and oh, I'm I am the worst with this. And it's why the church has to have a secretary because, like, that's one of the jobs the secretary does: make sure all the paperwork is in order. So, um, well, we'll look at the actual right next week. Uh, basically, basically, it's a whole study of Ephesians five. Um, and it's, it's kind of cool. Like that is this whole preface to what it is and then all the vows and all these things. And they're things that sound very foreign to us, you know. I mean, it, I don't know if it's like shocking to anyone, but when Pastor Glowinski stands up and the very first words in that reading are, wives, submit to your husbands. I mean, you can't say that today. Uh, don't you know? So... One of my favorite things is uh, in my old church, we had women readers. And when a woman would, would get up and read when we had the, uh, I do not permit a woman to speak publicly. And you're like, do you see any dissonance here? You know? But anyways, yeah, wives, submit to your husbands. How about that? And then the whole question is, what are the wives submitting to? Right? The love of the husband. He loves you and he thinks you're perfect and beautiful and wonderful. And you have to let him think that. <laughs> I know, because every woman is like, but I'm not. I'm like, so he thinks you are. Like, why do you care what everyone else thinks? Like, you gotta live with that dude. Uh, he's the one who matters. It's like, well. I don't know. And then it goes through and he talks about, oh, well, he actually prepares the church to be his bride and, and wipes away every blemish and wrinkle. And it's like Paul has actually talked to a woman, you know, and he's like seen what sort of skincare products they're buying. And he's like, yeah, 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 you don't have that stuff. Uh, he's seen all the ads for the 
rejuvenation oils and lotions. And he's like, yeah, 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 just so you know, he thinks you're swell. And that's how Christ looks at the church. When I look at the church, what do I see? Oh, I see that we don't even have enough of them. It's like they all left. We don't even have enough sinners around anymore to like to make budget. It's like, come on, what is going on? This it's just fractured and terrible. The church is when I look at the church, I see an organization that is just like falling apart. And does anyone even really believe this stuff anymore? You know? And then Jesus looks at us and he's like, Oh, yeah, yeah, just so you know, I absolutely love you. And you're exactly the way that I want you to be. And you're like, really? That's it? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's what the whole baptism thing is about. He's like, each and every single one of you, I've cleaned you up, and you're all clean together. So, like, stop hating yourself. You know? It's amazing. That, that's what the Lord actually does for us. Um, that's how he sees us. He loves us. We get so wrapped up in the, yeah, thinking that God's angry with us, that we get angry with ourselves. But nothing could be more opposite than that. He loves us. There is actually something to love in you, uh, and he has actually gifted this to you. So any questions about marriage yet or the goofy rubrics? Aren't you guys happy to know that these things are there? I am. I think they're thrilling. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe this is like uh, wanting to watch the extended version of Lord of the Rings instead of the normal version. Just we have actual, like, we put a lot of thought into how we do all these things. And people don't always know this. I don't think I knew this when I was a kid. That like, the church was more than just doing what the pastor thought was good that week. You know? And, and, and again, I grew up at this massive church and we had three pastors and three DCEs. And like, they had to plan this, they had to plan everything out a long time in advance, you know? To work with that many people? I mean, when it's just one dude, it, it can get a little seat of the pants, but... Uh, well, it's no longer just me then, yes. So. Well, with this stuff, it's like, hey, you know, Mary, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. So, here, here's a list of things to guide you. This is what we've done in the past. This is what works. We've been working on this for a couple thousand years. So it's okay that you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh no one knows what they're doing. So. But we've got these rules. Yeah, we, we got some, we got some uh, hints here. All right, well, uh, I've kept you over time. Let us pray. Lord, we give thanks for the wonderful gift of marriage um, and pray that we would hold it in high regard um, and that, we would, that husbands and wives everywhere would love one another and that we also would see that we are loved by Christ, uh, our true bridegroom. We pray that you would uh, give us peace uh, and uh, keep our world peaceful this week as well. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everyone.